0: And Welcome to Scare You to Sleep. I am your host Shelby Scott and I am going to tell you some dark tales from Reddit. This week's episode has some incredibly disturbing subject matter. Please reference the trigger warnings in the show notes before continuing. Also, please stick around to the end of the show for some info about the future of Scare You to Sleep and some changes that are coming soon. Thank you. Now, on to the show. Have you ever seen the documentary, A Dangerous Son? What about the book or movie? We need to talk about Kevin. Well, do I have a Reddit post for you, warning, this story is incredibly disturbing and discusses children. You've been warned, don't yell at me. This was posted four years ago on July 4th, 2019 in the Confessions subreddit by user crazy son throw off which clearly is a throwaway account and this is the only post under that username the post was titled i stood by and allowed my wife to almost kill our son i was happy she did it pretty clickbaity title but here is what this person wrote okay fair warning this one is long as hell Apologies for that, but this is very hard for me and I have been carrying it for a lot of years. On the advice of my therapist, I have written it all out to try to work out my feelings on it. He didn't advise me to submit to Reddit, of course, but I have struggled with this for a long time and I need to hear other people's opinion on it. I still really have no idea how to feel about it, even after all these years, but I will submit for judgment by the masses. I know I did wrong on some things, probably a lot of things, I tried to do my best that I could. My son was very troubled, very troubled. If you have seen the movie We Need To Talk About Kevin, it will really help to understand what I'm talking about, because I swear to God, when I watched that film, I thought I was watching a documentary of my life. I felt like the writer must have had cameras hidden in my damn house, that's how accurate it was. The only difference is that, in the movie, the boy appears normal to his father and only reveals his true nature to his mother. With my son, he didn't have that mask. His insane behavior was the same with everyone. From the day he was born, my son just came out wrong. He was planned. My wife and I tried to get pregnant and were ecstatic when he was born. He was wanted and loved. We showered affection on him and really tried to give him a happy childhood. But from the day we brought him home from the hospital, he was miserable. He cried for 13 months straight, I'm not exaggerating, 13 months without a break. He cried until he had no voice left and kept crying. You could see his little face scrunched up and no sound coming out, totally hoarse. There were times he would literally be crying in his sleep. I've never seen or heard of any other kid able to do that. We brought him to doctors, specialists, tried changing his diet, held him, rocked him, toys, swaddling, music, mobiles, everything we could think of. Nothing worked. 13 months of grating, grinding, no sleep hell. Once he got over the crying stage, We thought we were out of the woods, but it quickly became clear that for some unknown reason, he was just angry at being alive. I never saw that kid have a genuine, joyous smile once in the time I knew him. I saw him grin a vicious, horrible grin many times, taking a perverse pleasure from causing pain or suffering or breaking a rule, but a smile from real pleasure at something nice? No, never, not once. He had no interest in anything positive. He was fueled by hate and everything he did was bent toward that. As soon as he could walk, his mission in life was to destroy things. He would break or try to break anything that came in his range, smash it, chew it, throw it in the toilet, whatever he could. After a while, he figured out how to get his diaper off and took great pleasure in shitting and pissing anywhere he could. After a while, he figured out he could hide it and started pissing and shitting in places we wouldn't find right away, grinding it into carpets, making it even more of a problem to clean, and making the house stink. When he got older, ages 9 to 15, he would piss and shit in our bed until we got a lock on our door and he wasn't able to get in anymore. Then he'd just take a dump in the hallway in front of our room. That biological warfare started around age two and a half years old, and he never grew out of it. I'll try to speed it up as I could literally go on for days about this stuff, but as he grew older, he became more and more unmanageable. He would bite, kick, scream, scratch, and spit at anyone trying to do anything with him. He was kicked out of school twice before he was 9. They let him back in and kicked him out for good. He had to change schools. The next one put him in a special class that kept him away from the other students. We had to install a door and lock on the kitchen because he would steal knives and use them to gouge the walls slash furniture or chase people with them. When he was 10, He stabbed me pretty good in the hip and ass. I still have the scars. And as he grew older, he grew darker. He moved into setting things on fire and torturing local animals. There was a stray dog that hung out around the park near our house. My son blinded it in one eye with a barbecue fork. He would dip cats' tails in gasoline and light them on fire. He became a violent, stinking, vicious beast that lived in our house we couldn't do anything with him i will take this opportunity to preempt the tsunami of messages yes we had the kid in fucking therapy he saw a psychiatrist twice a week and had god knows how many different medications prescribed to him over the years nothing worked therapy didn't work meds didn't work nothing fucking worked He was like a poison cloud of hate and fury lashing out at anything in his reach. When my son was 16, my wife got pregnant again. I can't tell you how different our reaction was. Instead of joy, we felt horror. This pregnancy had not been planned, and we really were at a loss over what to do. My son had been such an unending nightmare for 16 years. We couldn't take the idea of starting again from the beginning. We talked a lot about terminating, but A. access to abortion was not as easy in those days as it is now, and B. my wife was very against it. We talked about many options. In the end, we decided that my wife would have the baby, and if it turned out evil, we would put it up for adoption. We knew we just couldn't do it again with another child. Like our son. We had a daughter. She was normal. Suddenly, we saw what our lives should have been like the whole time. How things would have been had our son not been himself. She laughed at things. She breastfed without biting. She didn't have teeth yet anyway, but you could tell she was just trying to eat, not tear her mom's breast off. After four months, she was sleeping through the night. She was happy. She was normal. I can't describe the relief and happiness that we both felt. I don't have the words for it. This is where I believe I may have started really pulling back from my son. Up until that time, whatever mistakes I made, I had always tried to do the best for my son. I am convinced of that. I tried to help him and love him and care for him. I really tried. But when my daughter was born, my wife and I both instinctively just turned towards her. She became our focus, not from malice, but just because she was so much easier. She was so happy and sweet. Every moment we were with her was like magic. I understand this was wrong, but we honestly couldn't help it. I don't have a better explanation than that. My son hadn't given a shit about my wife being pregnant. I honestly don't know if he really understood it. But when we brought our daughter home... He started acting out even more. I didn't think it was possible, but he took it up another notch. At this time, he was 17 and we were having blowout screaming matches daily. Usually after we fought, he would storm out of the house and disappear for hours at a time or come back the next morning. It was a relief. I started to actually look forward to our fights because it would get him away from us for a while. After the birth of our daughter, my relationship with my son was almost entirely gone. Our only real interactions were screaming at each other. My wife was even worse with him. She just had nothing left. By that time, if our son even came in the same room as her, she would stop whatever she was doing and start screaming, Get the fuck away from me! Get away! Get the fuck out! Until he left. He started spending more and more time out of the house, which was a blessing for us. I have no idea what he got up to out in the world we were just happy it wasn't being inflicted on us. As a consequence of our son's behavior, we had invested heavily in locks around our house. All of the cheap, thin interior doors in our home had been replaced with thick, dense wood doors that couldn't be kicked through, equipped with keyed locks that my wife and I carried keys to. I know it sounds extreme, but locks and heavy doors were the best way we had found to create safe spaces from him. And again. Before I am inundated with messages, I was not locking my son in rooms like a prisoner. He had free range of the house and could come and go as he pleased. My wife and I would lock ourselves in the rooms to protect ourselves from him. If anything, we were the prisoners in our own home. On the day in question, I had fought with my son in the morning and he had left the house in a rage. My wife and I were enjoying some peace and quiet in the kitchen while our daughter napped in our bedroom. And then my daughter began crying. Any parent who has young children can tell you, you get used to your child's cries and you can tell after a while what they need. They cry differently if they are hungry or need changing or are just restless and want to be held. Babies can communicate pretty well before they can speak. This cry was none of those things. This cry was terror. The second we heard it, my wife and I were both up out of our chairs and running to the room. The door was locked, of course, and it took a few seconds to get the right key and get it open. My son was in the room. We lived in a bungalow and the bastard had climbed in the window to get to her. He was standing over her crib with a steak knife in his hand. I have no idea where he got it. It wasn't one of ours. We controlled our knives very carefully and always kept them in locked drawers. I think he may have stolen it from one of our neighbor's houses. He had broken her skin twice already, once in the belly area and once on her arm. I could see blood running down. When I entered the room, he was dragging the back of the knife down her face, not cutting, almost tickling her with it, teasing her while she screamed. He looked up at us and smiled. Before I knew what I was doing, I was already moving, running to put myself between them. I didn't think about it, I just moved instinctively. Even with that, my wife got there faster. It was like a movie on fast forward. She got to our son and bashed his hand away, knocking the knife across the room and then shoved him with her whole body weight so hard that he flew away from the crib and bounced off the wall. I picked up my daughter and held her while my wife screened us. I could see her shaking, almost convulsing. I can remember the smell of the room, the sound of my daughter screaming and wailing, the look on my son's face as he stood there. Just… nothing. Blank. Dead. There was nothing in his eyes, no emotion. He looked like an alien to me. I watched my wife take a step toward him. I could have reached out and stopped her, but I didn't. She stepped forward again, very close to him. I could have stopped her again, but I didn't. She waited, looking at him for maybe three to five seconds without moving. And then she punched him in the face. Now, until this point, you may have been picturing my wife as a typical woman, small frame, dainty, delicate. This is not the case. My wife does have a small frame, but dainty and delicate she is not. Never has been since I've known her. Since her early teens, my wife has been a boxer. MMA didn't exist back then, but karate and boxing were big in those days, and my wife was a very talented amateur. She was about 130 pounds. She carried a lot of muscle and she knew how to punch. I had 70 pounds on her back then, and I have no doubt that in a real fight between me and her, She could have and would have pounded me flat. Neither of us have ever laid a hand on our son in anger before, but something broke in her that day, and all the years of anger and pain and sorrow and frustration just came pouring out. When she hit him, his head snapped back and blood started pouring out of his nose. He hardly reacted, just looked at her with this shocked expression like, He didn't know how to process what had just happened. She waited another second, and then she hit him again. I could have reached out and stopped her. I could have dragged her out of the room, taken her away, calmed her. I didn't. I just stood there and watched while she systematically started pounding him to a pulp. Every time he brought his hands to cover one part. She would blast him somewhere else, body, head, body, head, over and over. He started screaming, crying out, yelling for her to stop. It's the most genuine reaction I'd ever seen him have to anything in his whole life. But she wasn't stopping. I watched her ramping up, hitting harder, faster, working him like a heavy bag. He tried to swing at her and she slipped him easily. She was on autopilot, sinking down into her training. I stood there and watched for a minute, then I turned my back on them and took my daughter out of the room. I brought my daughter to the kitchen and gave her a bath in the sink. I found that he had cut her a third time on the sole of her foot. All the cuts were superficial. I cleaned her up and held her until she calmed. I put polysporin and band-aids on her cuts. In our bedroom, I could hear my son screaming calling my wife horrible names, telling her he would cut her head off and fuck her corpse. After a while, I didn't hear him saying anything anymore, didn't even hear him crying out. I assumed he must have been knocked out, but I could still hear her beating him. This went on for a long time, long enough for my daughter to drift off to sleep in my arms. I just sat at the kitchen table waiting for her to finish. Finally, she came out and sat across from me. Her hands were swollen and red. Her face and arms were splattered with blood. Her chest was heaving. We just stared at each other without saying anything. After a while, I asked her, Is he dead? She looked back at me and answered, I fucking hope so." I nodded. That was all there was to say about it. I understood how she felt perfectly. I felt the same. I didn't know what to do, so we just sat there, waiting, silently. Eventually, my wife started crying and went to go take a shower. I just stayed there while I was holding our daughter. After a long time... I heard moaning and sobbing coming from our room. Turned out my son wasn't dead. I went in to see how bad it was, and it was… pretty bad. I've never seen a more merciless beating laid onto anyone before or since. He was lying on the floor, rolling around with blood leaking out of his face, lying in a pool of vomit. His nose was squashed flat out across his face. Both of his eyes were completely swollen shut and starting to blacken already. I could see that a couple of his fingers were bent at weird angles, and he had pissed his pants. I think he must have been missing teeth, but I couldn't see any on the floor and couldn't see inside his mouth. His lips were all puffed up and swollen. From talking to my wife about it later, I know now that she had systematically beaten every part of his body focusing heavily on his legs. She told me she had kicked him in the groin repeatedly until her legs got tired and had kept beating his body long after he had passed out. When my wife came out of the shower, I still didn't know what to do about our son. I didn't know whether to call the police or an ambulance, take him to the hospital myself. I honestly didn't have any idea what to do. After a while. I realized that I simply didn't care what happened to him anymore, and we decided to just let him live or die on his own. There was an in-law suite in the basement that we had never really used, and my wife, my daughter, and I just moved down there. We simply ceded the top floor of the house to my son and locked everything down, separated our lives entirely. There was plenty of food in the upstairs cabinets, enough for a couple weeks or more. He had a washroom and bedrooms to use. We had a washroom in the basement, a small kitchenette, and a separate entrance, so we just stopped going upstairs. We just decided we were done with him. I figured we'd let his food run out and see what happened. Over the next week, we could hear him moving around upstairs. I think he just spent most of the time lying in bed and recovering. I went to work, watching on high alert in case he attacked me in the driveway, but he never did. My wife stayed home with our daughter. She was never out of our sight. One night, we heard him going ballistic, smashing things and banging. We didn't respond. He never tried to get downstairs or near us though. I think he was afraid that if he got near us again, my wife might finish the job on him. After three weeks down in the basement, we hadn't heard anything from up above for a few days and I ventured upstairs to the main floor of the house. The place was demolished and there was no sign of my son. He was gone. It took months to repair the damage he had done and to get the main floor back to normal again. There was food and shit smeared all over the walls and broken glass on the floor, big holes in the drywall. He had ripped the place apart he tore up the linoleum in a corner of the kitchen and emptied an entire foam fire extinguisher into the living room i feel thankful that he didn't burn the house down with us in it i'm honestly not sure why he didn't the kid wasn't shy about lighting things on fire after that i lived in fear every day that he would come back that he would ambush us out of the blue and try to kill us We moved house about three years later, and I finally stopped being afraid that he would show up again, as now he had no idea where we were. I finally felt safe from him. All this happened a long time ago. My son was born in the spring of 1971. My daughter was born in '88. I'm an old man now, I'll be 70 this year and my wife passed from cancer in 2016. My daughter is 31 now. I moved in with her and her husband after my wife passed. I've got two granddaughters and they are the joy of my life. I see a therapist a couple times a month to talk about all this. I don't know where my son is. The last time I saw him was when he was lying on the floor of our bedroom, bleeding and smashed. I haven't heard from him since he left more than 30 years now. I don't want to. I carry a lot of guilt from that time, and a lot of conflicted emotions. I didn't beat him myself, but I allowed him to be beaten, and I thought he deserved it. I was happy it happened. I didn't try to kill him, but I would have been happy if he died. I will say that I do hope he was able to overcome his demons and go live a normal life somewhere If he wasn't able to do that, if he stayed the way he was, then I truly do hope someone out there killed him. When I knew him, he was a rabid dog. And whichever way it went, I just hope he isn't still out there hurting anyone else. When I initially started writing this episode, I was going to make this, uh, you, for dark reddits, I usually have, you know, a few different topics, but this one, as you can see, it was very long and it's so interesting. And the comments were full of different stories of violent children. Um, so I know that someone might think that this entire story could be fake. It could be, I can't vouch for this story in particular, But these cases do exist, if you've never heard of them. I mentioned before the documentary, uh, A Dangerous Son. And if you're a fan of documentaries that bum you the hell out like I am and haven't seen it, I believe it's available on Max. It was on HBO. I think it was like an HBO documentary. But with all the idiocy that these streaming sites have been pulling, I can't be 100% sure that it made it over to Max. But if you're interested, the the documentary, again, A Dangerous Son... Is incredibly fascinating, and it follows parents who are dealing currently with children who are like this, like the the one in the story. And it was incredibly eye opening and terrifying. And I've never, I, I, the 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 sympathy that these parents have or get from me, I have for these parents, is unending. I just, I, I literally can't imagine. There's also, I'm going to read some of the comments, by the way. Um, Again, I was trying to say earlier I was going to make this um, multi, like you know, multi stories, but I think I'm just going to focus this week on these violent children and read you some of the comments of these other stories. And I just think it's a really, it's a fascinating topic. But I hope me using the word fascinating doesn't make you think I'm taking the situation lightly. I just think it's something that I I hadn't heard of and I think could use more awareness because one thing I learned from the documentary. Was that these parents don't have the help they need when it comes to this situation. For instance, there's a user on TikTok. Her username is General Education, with the uh it's all one word, general education, and the second E in general is a three, not an E. So if you want to search for her, again, she's on TikTok, and she's been documenting in real time what it's been like to live with her teenage son who acts in a similar manner. Like she also has a younger daughter who she has had to protect from this boy. Um, So if this thing is the type of thing that might interest you, or if it even helps you in a personal with your personal situation. Um, Another reason I wanted to read more of these is I was thinking about it. And since I wasn't aware of this, you know, before I watched that documentary, and this general education, I don't think she was aware before she had a son like this. And she's had quite the time trying to get this child the help he needs and to be put somewhere where he is not a danger to himself or others and I feel like this topic and coming across this reddit post I've I had read this before but quite a while ago and uh, I rediscovering this this post and thinking about that documentary and finding this woman on tiktok I just feel like this topic could use more awareness I, I feel like parents do not get the support they need when it comes to because I, I know this is more of a rare phenomenon you know for children but it's it's horrifying and I feel like like I said I'm going to read a few more of the comments I understand if this is a very disturbing episode it is dark reddit it's dark so um but yeah I did want to highlight that that's one reason I wanted to read more of this and make this whole episode about this topic not just for some salacious clicks I'm not even going to put it in the title at all it's just going to say dark reddit nine you know it's not going to I'm not going to highlight that it's a violent kids episode other than maybe in the show notes just I like to sometimes let you know what's up especially with the trigger warnings um but I do feel like this topic needs more awareness so here you're aware now (laughs) and let me read you um a few more stories from the comments so this comment is from Mac McLongshank (laughs) Mac McLongshank um and this says in another life, I was a cop. I was sent to a situation very similar to this. The kid was 15. We'd been dealing with him for nearly 10 years. He was a Mike Myers-style, Chucky incarnate, bloodthirsty, remorseless psychopath. This is just Shelby. Those are his words, not mine, so I, I'm aware that that's a pretty offensive description. Back to the comment. The parents did everything they could to help him, but he was broken and nothing worked. The kid ended up hurting a younger sibling or nephew or something, two to three year old girl, pretty bad. He wasn't even supposed to be there, but he snuck in to attack a baby. The dad beat him unconscious, then kept beating him, then kicked his ass out the front door and called us. This was in Texas. Reasonable discipline is allowed and required by state law. After talking to the CID captain and an assistant DA, we all decided the dad was being reasonable He was fully prepared to go to jail, but under the circumstances, the desire to protect the baby and convince his psycho kid that such behavior would never be tolerated was reasonable. They sent the psycho away somewhere after that, and we never heard from that family again. The whole situation was sad, and it sucked. I rarely believe these confessions, but this one is 100% possible. This next one actually has an update about how the child grew up. This was one from Snow's Oracle. I'm glad my brother didn't turn out quite that bad, even got somewhat better as the years went on. My family was different in that my parents weren't afraid of hitting my brother and I, but as my brother got older, he started testing boundaries in every way he could imagine, usually verbally harassing my mom, dad, and I. He got to the point of calling my mom a bitch and a cunt, among other things, talking about doing unspeakable things to her all to get her to cry and react. For whatever reason, he hated her, and I swear he got off on abusing her the ways he did. Once he started going through puberty, he got worse. He had arguments that turned into screaming matches daily for five years. Then one day, I snapped, and I'm not normally violent. I cried putting down a lizard my dog maimed, but I had had enough of hearing him scream at my mom until she ran to her closet to curl up in a ball, sobbing. I broke his nose. He ran and I went chasing him and forced a door open before he could lock it. I couldn't take him threatening to rape my mom anymore. The thing that snapped me out of it was the blood. So I went outside in the rain and ran. I tried running my anger off but I couldn't so I ran until I couldn't run anymore and back home, he stopped threatening and screaming at my mom after that. Then we were able to become friends. It's been 11 years since then. Part of me hates that I got violent, but literally nothing was working and I just couldn't take it anymore. Their fighting nearly drove me insane. Some kids slash people are truly evil and demented. Not a lot, but still too many. After that comment, someone named Humanigus asked, How is he now? So Snow's Oracle said, He's doing better-ish. Much of his life has improved, like he has a career that he likes with people who respect him and a girlfriend that he's been living with for a while. My brother also is able to find various things to keep his interest rather than feeling the need to act out because he's bored. Other parts of his life have slipped slash stayed the same. He has issues with expressing his anger and frustration with his girlfriend in constructive ways and vice versa. He has slipped into alcoholism and will put holes in walls, etc it hurts because my family and i know that under all of that he's in a lot of pain we've been trying to get him to seek help from professionals and family members who have been there before or to at least get on some medications bipolar runs in my family as well as addiction unfortunately there's only so much we can do but i'll be there for him when he calls at midnight drunk ready to end it all when his girlfriend has been yelling at him again or when he's just excited to tell me about what his compost is doing. I love him, and I'll be there for him because he's shown me that he has changed for the better, so I'm not going to give up on him. It's true that I can't fix him. I just try to give him new ways of looking at things, and I validate his feelings of frustration, fear, and anger when he voices them to me. Humana Guest then replied, Glad his life's better now. You're a good brother, smiley face. And Snow's Oracle replied, I am too. He deserves a good life, and to enjoy it. Thank you. Also, I'm his older sister. So, that's one reason, again, I wanted to highlight a few more of these stories, because I feel like there is maybe something to be... I'm not a professional, but I really feel like, you know, the system has failed a lot of these children and their parents. By the way, there was an update from OP, too, um, when someone asked why... If he had ever searched for his son in jail records or obituaries, and also said that his wife was badass, but this is what OP said. She absolutely was badass. She was the strongest, most beautiful woman I ever knew. I'll let her know you'll prove, even though she's not here with us anymore. I still speak to her often. I sure do know his name. I gave it to him, haha. It was my father's name. You're right, maybe I could find some record of him, but I think I likely won't. I can't see what good it would bring into my life to know. Either I'll find he's dead, which I don't feel anything about, or I'll find he's in jail for hurting someone, and I'll just spend the rest of my life regretting that I didn't finish the job while he was lying there at my feet. I thought at the time about putting a pillow over his face and ending him, but I chose not to. I'd hate to know that my choice caused some other poor soul to have to suffer his madness. And, of course, there were a lot of people who were very upset with the original poster and criticized him heavily. And it's only fair to share those as well. There were a few comments that said that maybe the parents were the reason this kid believed they were, you know, there was nothing good in the world. If someone said, if you believed your son was terrible from the moment they were born i'm sure he was conditioned into believing that about himself as well uh i think any mental disorders he had were partly genetic and partly the way you raised him i feel bad for the kid to be honest and there were quite a few people who felt bad for the kid um you know it is true that it started as a you know he kind of had decided as a baby that this kid was hopeless um you know that's i think that's a totally fair criticism uh, I, again, I'm not an expert, so I don't know. I just thought this was a really interesting, um, you know, dark Reddit uh, entry. It's on a few different lists, and it's been it's been in a few. Like there are a lot of dark Reddit uh, type YouTube. Like Nexpo does a lot of uh, dark Reddit stuff, and I don't know if you've ever read this one, but it's been floating around for a while. So I thought I'd finally get around to it and read it to you guys. And uh, so there it is. This one was a big bummer just like our jason and hell episode if you haven't listened to all the dark reddits there was one that uh had to do with user jason and hell which was is in a in a very famous dark reddit uh thing to have happened go back and find that one listen to that one it's uh, again, some of these are just bummers. That's what you get when you want darkness. You wanted darkness, I gave you darkness. Okay, um, I think that's all for this week. I think we've had enough bummerness. Let's get on to the outro where I'm going to explain some things about the show. And this is uh, not part of the ramble. I just want to, before I even get to telling you to go to social media and everything. Uh, so. So my network is officially leaving our host site we've had for quite a while, Acast, and the whole network is moving on over somewhere else. So in that interim, next week, and this happened very quickly, by the way, I just found out a couple days ago. So Monday, starting Monday, I've been told that next week I should not be uploading any new episodes because they want to make sure nothing gets lost in the move Because they're moving an entire network worth of shows, not just one show like I've done before. Uh, So I'm so many of you have been here with me since the beginning and we've made a few moves together and they were all pretty painless, but I've never moved a whole network. So (laughs) I'll just do what they tell me. And so there won't there probably won't be a new episode next week because of that, unless I get the go ahead on like uh, I'd say maybe wednesday thursday at the latest if i get the go ahead i will try to upload something um well i'm probably i'm going to be working on the show regardless that way i can get ahead i have to go out of town to help um a uh, family member with some stuff so I'm gonna I wanted to get ahead anyway this gives me a chance to get ahead but if they do announce that I can have an episode I will have something for you next week don't worry but I just wanted to look, let you know in case you see nothing up update oh and I wanted to mention with the switcheroo I'm actually inserting this in I forgot this until I was editing um not the switcheroo sorry with switching over to uh the new host site the ads, once they do turn back on, may be a little wonky because I physically, like I manually, manually go in and set my ad markers for my mid-roll ads, so they fall where they're not going to be in the middle of a sentence or the middle of a word, or I try to tr- I try to find good places for the ads to uh, come about a little as organically as possible but when they switch over, I have been told that those ad markers might just be like auto-inserted to the exact halfway point of every episode, and I'm going to have to go in and manually reset them all. So just in case you do, once the ads do get turned on and they're they're kind of wonky I apologize I really do I'm going to fix them as soon as I get the word that I can go fix them I will fix them and move all those little guys over for every single of these hundreds of episodes I'm going to move them for you so they are not as interruptive but again if they're just kind of wonky I really apologize okay that's all which is kind of perfect timing I had no idea this was happening and I told uh the person who told me about this move, that it was kind of great that I had a bonus episode this week. If you didn't see it, there was a new Guided Nightmare that came out on Tuesday. And those of you who are listening on the regular feed may have noticed I haven't had ads all week either. That's part of the move. They had to turn off my ads. So uh, you're welcome. This is what it's like to listen on Patreon. (laughs) No ads. Isn't it great? So speaking of, uh, if you'd like to support the show and keep this up with your ad-free listening it's only starts at a dollar a month on patreon and for three dollars and up you get bonus episodes and let's see oh you can follow the show on twitter instagram facebook at scare you to sleep you can follow me personally on twitter and instagram at shelby b scott there's also a new episode of my other show, Historic Hangouts, that I do with my husband. And it was a switcheroo this week, which means I took over and I told a tale of history and hangouts. And we talked about Jekyll Island. So go check that out. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I really, really liked that episode. I don't know. I just had a lot of fun with that episode. So yeah, go check out Historic Hangouts, uh, especially, hey, if you want some more uh, content from me, and I don't have a new episode next week. Then Historic Hangouts is there waiting for you. We're going to be getting out a trailer soon as well. I, we haven't had a trailer. Um, it's just, you know, we're we're busy. We're both busy, so we'll get a trailer soon. And it's a it's a much <laughs> easier going show than this one, of course. It's a uh, very loosey goosey. We try to be kind of funny and. Yeah. So check that out, especially if you ever want to decompress from one of my scary to sleep episodes, that's particularly brutal or bummery like this one. Uh, go check out historic hangouts to decompress. If my rambles aren't enough to decompress you, uh, let's see what else, what other announcements. Oh yeah. Midsummer scream again, get your tickets for Midsummer scream. I'm going to be there doing several panels. Uh, I'm going to be judging a costume contest which I've never done before so that's pretty exciting and I myself will be in costume in theme with the contest I don't know if I'm allowed to say the theme yet so sorry but uh yeah I will be there uh all the bells and whistles I will also have a couple other panels like the internet urban legends panel that I'll be doing with Trevor Henderson the creator of Siren Head um John Grills and Pacific Obadiah will be there too And I'm going to have a panel to myself where it's just the scare you to sleep hour. Still trying to figure out what to do with that. I have gotten some suggestions from some of my colleagues and they are actually suggesting maybe I do a live dark Reddit. I think that sounds pretty neat. Um, I kind of want to, I've always wanted to do a live guided nightmare as well, but I don't know if the people, (laughs) the Midsummer Scream attendees would be interested in something like that. So... Oh, and if you are a friend of uh, a friend, a friend of Historic Hangouts, a fan of Historic Hangouts, um, my husband will also be at Midsummer Scream, so you can meet him, too. If you like the show and you like like him, he'll be there hanging around. Uh, lots of people will be there, too, from the network. It's going to be so cool. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm just so excited to be there. I'm so excited to see those of you. Whoever comes out this year, I'm so excited to hug you. If you would like me to. Or uh, just shake your hand or just wave. That's cool, too. If you don't want to be touched, I totally understand. We can just wave. Uh, that's fun. And chat with you and just... just it's, It sounds like such a cool weekend. I'm very excited. Uh, yeah, so come out to Midsummer Scream in Long Beach in July. Near the end of July. At the end of July. It's, you know, near the end of July. And I probably won't be seeing you next week. So... Oh, I didn't... <laughs> I didn't really do a proper ramble. So especially since I'm not seeing you next week, if you're new to the show, this is the part where I kind of ramble about just my life and usually what I baked that week. So if you're not into that, that is totally cool. You don't, you will not hurt my feelings and I will see you on the next one. Have a good night. If you do want to stick around. Oh my God. I made the best sugar cookies ever this week. I've already talked about this recipe before, but it's been a while since I made them. I have the best sugar cookie recipe ever. It's not actually my recipe. I am just in... I I possess the best sugar cookie recipe ever, especially if you like soft sugar cookies. I'm not kidding. When they're baked, they taste like cookie dough. That's what I love about them. They taste like cookie dough, even though they're baked. And I've never had a cookie like that before I started making these. They're fantastic. So again, hit me up if you want that recipe. Um, I made this amazing pasta this week. I made jalapeno pesto. Oh my God. I, it was, it's my, one of my new favorite things, tossed a jalapeno, a big handful of basil. I, I, I get the basil from the grocery store that has the roots attached and then I grow it in my window. Um, and so I got a big handful of basil that I threw in there and some garlic, some walnuts because I'm not a Rockefeller and I don't buy pine nuts, but I had walnuts and I threw walnuts, walnuts, some Parmesan, and a bunch of olive oil, some lemon juice just so it it could keep its color, and oh a jalapeno, a whole jalapeno. My jalapeno I had was not very spicy and I like spice, so I tossed it in seeds and and membranes and all. I just like threw that sucker in there, but if you are sensitive to spice, I recommend taking out the seeds and the membranes and then, then tossing it in. And by the way, this is something I just like came up with off the top of my head. I'm sure there is a jalapeno pesto out in the world, but this is just my thing that I thought of because I was like, look, I have a jalapeno and a bunch of basil. What should we do? And I was like, oh, what if I made a jalapeno pesto? Yeah, it was so it was so good. So I I made it with some pasta, I grilled some chicken uh in my cast well it's not grilling, but I made it in my cast iron. And then I along with the chicken, I like seared the chicken off to get that good Maillard reaction. And then I threw some Brussels sprouts and zucchini in so I could finish the chicken off in the oven. And get all the good chicken juices in with the, uh, the vegetables. Obviously, you can make this uh, vegetarian super easy. And I'm sure you can make it vegan if you have a good vegan Parmesan. Or you could probably use nutritional yeast flakes, actually, which I also have. I should try to make a vegan version and come back to you. But nutritional yeast would probably be great in place of the Parmesan. Um, so very easily made into a vegan vegetarian recipe. So I got a... Then I added... Uh, I, I did add a little cream. I had some heavy cream that was going to go bad. So I added some heavy cream to a pan, warmed it, added the pesto to that, added some more Parmesan, tossed it with the vegetables. Once the vegetables were done, threw it and tossed it with the pot, like hot pasta. Once the pasta was done, I added a ladle of hot pasta water because I wanted my sauce a little looser and then served it with um, the chicken sliced up. It was fantastic. So good. I know I don't talk savory as much on the show, but um, just wanted you to know about the wonders and joy of Jalapeno pesto—it was fantastic, fan fucking tastic. It was so good. I bet, I bet. I'm not one to put cream cheese in my pasta. I know a lot of people use that as like a a quick, like a a dupe for Alfredo, or like I don't usually do that in my Alfredo. But I bet if you added some cream cheese to it, it would kind of taste like a jalapeno popper a little bit. Oh, that'd be awesome. I didn't even think about that when I did that. But anyway. That's my jalapeno pesto, and that's my ramble for this week. I hope you're all having a fantastic uh, start to your summer. The other day was the longest day of the year, and I hope you had the longest, best day of the year, and I hope you have a fantastic weekend. I love you. Go get some sleep. Sweet dreams.